can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Jane Carey Hammer. Uh, and before we get into the episode this week, I do want to take a second and just let you know, if you're wondering how to keep tabs on us during the week, worry no more. Uh, we've got social media. You can find us at Movies We Missed on Instagram. And guess what? You can find us at the same at on Facebook. So there, we did it. <laughs> Jane, how are you doing today? You look like a vision. Do I? Thank you. I That can't be true. Um, what's sorry. nice about this being a podcast is that we can just pretend that I'm dressed to the nines like I'm headed to the Met Gala, which is happening right now as we speak. <clears throat> I did know that. I saw, like, I was looking on Instagram before we started recording and I saw a couple looks come through. You did? Um, Who'd you say? I did. I saw. I mean, so you know the theme, right? It's, um, by no, the way, everybody's going to, as you know, on Movies We Miss, you will hear just th- the most relevant, um, timely oh, yeah, discussion so of current events. So this is coming out as soon as it happens. Um, JK, you'll hear this about a month later. But the theme of the Met Gala is Karl Lagerfeld, which is more oh, of a really? person than a theme. So it's hard for me to wrap what? my head around. But I guess that's like sort of Chanel-y. I, I don't know. People are okay. people are very much leaning into Chanel. Also, isn't Karl Lagerfeld like problematic as fuck? Yeah, I think so. I remember him saying some horrible, horrible Ant- things like anti-Semitic shit, right? I think he was anti-Semitic and definitely anti-fat for sure. He was like, I'm pretty sure he was like, I'll never dress a fat woman or like my clothes aren't for fat women or something like that. And it's like, yikes. Okay, girl. <laughs> it's just like, but like why? to be fair, to be fair, some his clothes are incredible. He is his legacy cannot okay. be be um dismissed not saying that we should be like celebrating the man but you know his his designs are beautiful and i can't deny that okay okay well you know what i'm what why are you laughing because i thought you were trying to give me a moment to be canceled no 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 no. i was just no i actually was just thinking you know what that's fair and i was thinking i'm excited to see what he has to what he has to show and um we're gonna offer him the kind of grace that he did not um show some groups it seems like in life Um, absolutely allegedly allegedly i I don't know uh, yeah also uh, um Maybe we're thinking about someone else. I don't know. I'm not doing the research, but I don't think we are. I'm pretty sure that these stories are about Carl. <laughs> oh, I was like, I just got nervous because I was like, maybe we're saying this if it's not Carl Lagerfeld, but I'm pretty sure it is. Dave says yes. Dave says yes. And he's our producer and he's willing to take the fall for us. Um, he's where we get all our information. So if anybody is upset about how this happened, you can you can go ahead and you can contact Dave and he'll take care of you um, emotionally. Okay. So um, I did see Rita Ora had these like 
finger chains on her nails. So it was like each nail had like a long metal chain coming from it. And they like looked cool when they were photographed or whatever, but she was like moving down the red carpet and you could tell they were like getting tangled as she was like trying to like navigate her way down the carpet. I saw this gif of her just like trying to shake out her hand (laughs) chains. And I was like, okay, like clearly we're doing, we're doing form over function tonight but i also like that you've are that there's already a gif of it that's funny yeah and also how, oh, never mind i'm mean if i say that so i can't say it girl say it now you gotta say it i'm just like and i don't i don't mean this to sound like i really don't but mm-hmm. i feel like i thought that the met gala was supposed to be for like a-listers <laughs> I don't I, like I genuinely don't mean for that to okay. I just don't in my I mind. I will say that she is dating um that She's married director. to Tika. To Tika. Yeah. Yeah, and he I, I don't know who he's was an, invited. He's an Oscar winner. Yeah, he's like a yeah. big deal. So maybe so that they but came she's together. I also googled, but I also googled it. She's been at all the Met Galas. She's like an it person. I just didn't realize it. That's also, that's probably what it is. Is I don't know what's going on. She's probably a huge celebrity and I just missed it. So this is probably on me. She's probably as <laughs> a list. No, I'm not trying to be like rude here because I think she's like, she, I think she's always very well dressed and very like an yeah, interesting she's very person. Pretty. She's a very interesting person. Nobody's in fashion. saying, yeah, nobody's saying she's, she's not beautiful. Our listeners. No, 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 of course not. And she is like British, I think. Okay. So she, she may be larger overseas, but like in terms of like her music, I don't know any of it. I don't know a single. There are so many celebrities who, if you if you literally put a gun to my head and you were like identify a song by this person, <laughs> I'm getting shot. I could not identify a Selena Gomez song to save my life. If somebody put a Selena Gomez song on, I wouldn't recognize her voice. I wouldn't recognize the beat. I would. There's I'd a get couple got. songs. There's a couple songs that I could hear and I'd be like, oh, I know this is Selena Gomez, but sitting here right now, I don't, I can't sing any of them to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a rough, it's a rough go. But, but you know, we're aging out. Yeah, I know. We're aging out. We're aging out. And I think we're realizing that, which is. I feel like you do a really good job of keeping track of what's going on. The younger generation. I do an okay job. I try to keep up. I try to keep up with the kids. And I watch Murder, She Wrote at night. So. (laughs) But uh, I don't try to keep up just to keep up with the kids. It's like, I like pop culture. I I like pop music or whatever. But like, I also, it's like, I have a limit. Also, we are at a time and I'm sure we talked about this on the pod before. I'm sure. Preach it. Preach it. But we are at a time where there is there are so many famous people and there are so many musicians Mm -hmm. that you can't possibly. It's really hard to keep track of everyone. It is. I don't really know. I don't really know what's popular. Sometimes I just, you know, I look at what's going on with the Grammy Awards, not like the big categories, but I look at Mm -hmm. some of like the smaller categories and and that's actually how I'll find sometimes new music. I'll see like what's going on in some of the more genre specific categories and that'll sometimes lead me towards towards certain artists. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I get lost and maybe Rita Ora's won multiple Grammys for all I know. Maybe she's huge accolade holder uh but either way congrats to her for her success and for her really pretty uh chain fingers that she wore tonight to the (laughs) met gala bold move i love how you started this was like i don't want to be mean to rita ora and i wasn't i just gave her i just gave her three different things that i congratulated her for i congratulated her for probably being a grammy winner i congratulated her for her finger chains i don't know that (laughs) 
Why are you so certain that she's not? Do you know that for sure that she's not? She's not a Grammy winner. <laughs> oh, you said that with the... Th- and why are you laughing at the fact that Rita hasn't won a Grammy? Why are you trying to get me got on this podcast? I'm here for you. And um, I'm Dave, always- Dave commented, Dave said... <laughs> she's only won one award. Dave, um, can you please reveal to us what award that is? And again... Oh, <laughs> why are you laughing, Jane? That's a stop. I'm, See, I'm it's not, you. I'm, no, no, no. You're the no, one. No, no. Let me explain myself. Let me. Okay, <laughs> okay. We need to wow. tell our listeners what's happening. Dave is populating our chat with information, <laughs> and she, Rita she, Ora she is yeah. an award winner. She and, is. And by the way, I am a woman who supports other women. Women. <laughs> And this is not anything about her career, but she has won an MTV Music Video Award, and that's great. Yeah, you support Nikki Glaser, right? (laughs) Don't you fucking dare. I've already defended myself against these Nikki Glaser um, accusations. I don't have to be a fan of every... Are you a donut head? What's a donut head? One of glazed glaze donuts, Glazer. <laughs> are you one of Are you one of Nikki Glazer's fans? I really like her as the host of F Boy Island. Mm. I like her as a host too. I like her as a lot of things. I like her as a comedian. I'm so glad. I there are plenty of other female comedians who I am a huge fan of. Yeah, no, she's got a lot of good ones. Have you seen her so, special Perfect on Netflix? <laughs> I know. Uh, here's the thing: is that I can. I know that you're googling. She her has a special on Netflix called "Banging" accolades. with no G on the end. Have you seen that one, "Banging"? I ha- have. You? Yeah, it was really good. Lots of topical, me- relatable humor. Um, there's lots of stuff about being a millennial, about mm. wearing sleeveless turtlenecks, mm. um, about beach curls. Mm. Um, really irreverent envelope stuff, pushing humor. Stuff you can relate to on a personal level. Absolutely. I know lots of white women. So when I hear it, I think <laughs> that's You're talking Kaylee. To right now. <laughs> I think that's Gretchen. That's my friend Gretch. Um, perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. No. So all I do this to say, say congratulations to Rita Ora tonight. Sounds like she looks Rita incredible. Ora and and she looks incredible, and I hope she has a great time in the Met Gala. And you know what? I really am not making fun of her. You and I are here sitting at home, absolutely not invited to the Met Gala. Like, oh, God, it sounds she- awful to me. Like, <laughs> put me anywhere but there. I would love to go to the Met Gala. I think it would be so much fun. But I do. I, but like, it actually would be so nerve wracking. It would be so stressful to go. I have a, I have a suspicion that being like in the middle of like those kinds of events is actually like really my experiences in like L.A. and like the fancy mm-hmm. parts of L.A. It is so like it's so weird. It's there's something kind. Never mind, I'm. Ugh, I'm going off on a tangent. It's that's, it's that's, very ugly. There's something the there's something sort of ugly about it all. It's just like it feels so like artificial and like of course I yeah. found I found those areas and there are those pockets of um of LA that are really cool. But I mean like mm-hmm. this type of like area, I just feel like I would be so like my time spent in LA where I've worked on like short films and things like that. I just was like this is not the place for me. Like I am very much like not aware of like I was hyper aware of certain things and I was like really like 
not I like I, it's like you lose like sight of like reality when you're like around in those environments. It's just like mm-hmm. I feel like being at those environments and one of those things where from TV it looks glamorous and fabulous, but in reality it's probably kind of bleak. Um, I'm sure it's I'm sure everyone is just looking for someone cooler to talk to. I'm sure. Oh every, God, absolutely. Like, everyone is just not really making eye contact with you. I'm sure. Um, shout out to our movie that we're about to cover, but I'm sure everyone is on cocaine. I'm sure there are no real conversations happening or real connections being made. And if they are, it's very few people on the outside who feel as awkward as everybody. And, you know, I, 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 my whole thing about it is like, I would love to just go and people watch and get drunk on champagne yeah, with yeah, my yeah. date. That's what I would no, want to do. That would be fun. Good, good date. But a also date who like doesn't care. This, yes. A date who doesn't care. 100%. Someone who is on the same. I want to like, go with like Sandra Bern, like Sandra Bernhard. <laughs> you always want to go with a middle-aged woman. <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> you, if if anybody could be your date to anybody, you, I, I want mean, it to be a anything. person who's been inside of it, but is kind of on the outside now. And like, I can sit in the corner and like, when like Annette Benning gets up to go to the bathroom, they're like, "This bitch," and I'm like, "What happened?" <laughs> and then they tell me a story from like 1993 about like the Independent Spirit Awards, where like they were both nominated, and then like Annette Benning like you know mm-hmm. made some snide comment before slapping Warren Beatty across the face for like pinching Madonna's ass when she walked by like I want somebody mm-hmm. who's got like the stories yeah speaking of like Debbie Mazar like she would be incredible <gasps> oh my god I would love to go anywhere with Debbie right? Mazar I'd, I'd love to have like a six hour long like dinner with her and just hear everything she has to say me you Debbie Mazar and Sandra Bernhardt that sounds chaotic that sounds first of all all of us fighting for airtime second of <laughs> I think I would just crawl into my own. No, I think I would just crawl I, into I, myself. I 100% agree. I would be, I would just, I would want them to have the floor the entire time and just tell us everything they've ever experienced. We, it's, for a couple of drinks though, a little bit of Chablis starts pouring and then I feel like mm. that's where like everybody gets courage. And then <laughs> I ask the questions about Tom Arnold and oh, uh, we yes. get to the get down. And then I want to get... talk about Martin Mull, baby. Then oh, I want to okay. talk about Madge. Okay. I want to talk about it. Um, so that's who I want to be with at this award show. I want to be with a person who's been very famous and like doesn't care anymore, but knows the world. Like, and they're still famous, like well known, so they still have respect, but like they don't give a shit about it. Like mm-hmm. in a corner with like Melanie Griffith, just like, just oh. like laying, like you know, like I want to yeah. talk to her about Tatum O'Neill, baby. I want the stories. I, well, I think you'd have to ha- be having mocktails with uh, Melanie Griffith, but absolutely. What? Um, so speaking of substances, um, <laughs> I did give Jane. I didn't uh, mean that as shady. I fucking love sober people because they've uh, they've seen so much too. And I actually didn't know that Melanie Griffith was sober, but good good for her. Oh, I thought she was. That's why I said it. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe she's not. Her. Maybe again, I everything I say here is just absolutely fifty fifty. Could be Look, right. You're Could not. You're not. Nobody's. You're not. You're not expected to shout out facts. You know. <laughs> What do you think, think this I, is? I think I think I have a microphone and I think I'm recording what I'm saying. And so I think I um, need to stop saying so much stupid shit. No. I think that's the important. Okay. No. Anyways. I don't want, I don't want to do a podcast with that person. <laughs> <laughs> Concerned about optics. Um, 
No, I gave Jane a movie for this week. Um, we you like to hit do. you with the classics, but we also like to hit you with that contempt temp. This movie is probably not a cultural talking point anymore, but it did happen, and it was for a while. And regardless, I think, the kids it, are, I think this kid, kids are still are chatting. Kids still talking about it. Good, good, good. <gasps> We're, mean, we just by the watched time it. This comes out, you know it. I think people will be talking about this for a few months. And I feel like it's going to be like a good summer ride too. like this Mm. movie. um, I saw that it was streaming and I wanted to watch it. It had been getting a lot of like buzz, fun buzz. And this is the first time we've ever done a newly released movie. That cannot be true. Is is that really true? It's very true. Dave, can you confirm? Have we never done a newly released movie on here? That seems mm-hmm. wild. Well, we did Megan, but that was a mini so. Oh, yeah. Megan. Was that the only other time? Whoa. And mm-hmm. we also did Single Black Female. You're right. But Single Black Female. It was came more of a out- television release than it was wide to theaters. But, you know, we treated it. We, we treated, treated it, it like a. We treated it with the respect it deserved. We treated it with the respect we treat every other movie here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do with that what you will. Um,. <laughs> But yeah, we have 2023's. That's right, baby. There was no one nine in front of this one. We have 2023's The Cocaine Bear. And I don't know why I put the in the title. No, it's just Cocaine it's Bear. It's just Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Tacking on respect. Ha- do you have a synopsis that you can... I do, um, Queen. Uh, amazing. If you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. So I guess that's now. <laughs> Let me get into it. Okay. It's 1985, and drug smuggler and former cop Andrew C. Thornton II is in the middle of unloading a big shipment of booger candy from an airplane. After breaking the cardinal rule and getting caught up in his own supply, I mean, did this guy not see Scarface? He hits his head on the plane's doorframe as he attempts to parachute from the plane and plummets to his death. It's giving cocaine corpse. Later, his body is discovered in Knoxville, Tennessee, and a local detective named Bob identifies him as a runner for a kingpin named Sid White, who operates outside of Missouri. (laughs) Guess he won't be meeting him in St. Louis after all. The detective determines these drugs to be most likely coming out of Missouri and sets about locating the rest of the supply. Where there's an ounce of cocaine, usually there's a kilo not too far away. As all of this is happening, a shipment of that good white drops into the Chattahoochee Oconee National Forest and into the paws of a curious grizzly bear. You'd think that a bear getting into cocaine wouldn't be that terrible, but if you've been to a gay bar on a Saturday night, you know how messy that can get. But this movie isn't about that kind of bear. This movie is about a big, sweaty, furry bear looking to get his tongue deep inside of someone's honeypot. Well, that didn't really help clarify, did it? Let's try this again. This movie is about a big, voracious mammal often found on all fours around a pack of other muscular bears that look kind of like him. Well, that didn't help either. This filthy creature is hulking and libidinous and can literally have full conversations consisting of nothing but fiendish and guttural groans. Oh my god. Okay, one more try. This monster who sustains himself on the meat of men. You know, never mind. This is too hard. Well, file that under something you never hear a bear say. Look, I give up. Look, the movie is about a bear with a penchant for cocaine. Do with that what you will. I'm exhausted. That was it. Okay. So that was the synopsis. That was amazing. I was enthralled. I was literally so many good fucking bear comparisons. 
I didn't Thank even, you, Janie. I honestly didn't even think about that when we were watching this movie. So good, brilliant, brilliant through line. I can't believe I didn't think about it. Thank you. Okay, so, all right. So I'm going to give you some stats first. Cocaine Bear, released on February 24th, 2023, made for a budget of, I don't know why we couldn't get hard numbers on this, but between 30 and 35 million, and made 86 million worldwide at the box office. And... Just so you all know, it was directed by Elizabeth Banks, the actress extraordinaire. You may know her from Zack and Mary Made Up Porno. You may know her from 30 Rock. <laughs> so random that you lead with Zack and Mary Made Up Porno. <laughs> I don't know why that was the first movie I thought of. I don't either. What's another but, movie? Like another uh, like... Pitch Perfect? I've never uh, seen Hunger that. Hunger Games? Uh, Pitch Perfect would have been better. Know. I've never seen the other one, the first one you said. Pitch Perfect? Yeah, no. So I didn't even know she was in that. But um, Hunger Wild. Games is a huge one. And I, we've She's done that on the so podcast. so many things. She's in a lot of things. And she also has been doing a lot of directing, too, as well. She has, yeah. I'm trying to think about... She was in that see, movie I'm... Walk of Shame that I've never seen, but she's in the yellow dress on the cover. And oh, I'm always like, what this one. is about? But I think that's starring her. She's um, in the Lego movies. She's in all of those. Wet Hot American Summer. That's a classic. Yeah, I should have gotten that one. Um, but yeah, I went with the Zach and Mary, you know. Shout out to the Rogan. You know, the Rogan heads out there. Yeah, I'm sure they're listening fervishly. Wow. Okay. I don't like to <laughs> categorize our... I don't like to lump our fans into categories. I know that we get all sorts, okay? Um, and Seth Rogan is, you know... To some icon status, so I love Seth Rogen. Actually, oh, I rewatched. I rewatched um, a Seth Rogen movie that um, you and I have talked about um, recently that didn't get as much love as I feel like it should have. It's the one with Charlize Theron, and she's like oh, running for president. Oh, it's so funny! It's, it's so funny! So funny! What is it called again? I want to say the long shot. Yeah, long shot. And long shot. It's why so did I put good. the? I did the again. I don't know why I keep adding the into you things. Really, um, you really want to stick to that naming convention. Oh, it is the long shot. Okay. Oh, I got that one okay. right. Thank you, our producer coming through with the facts. That movie's mm. very, very, very funny. I laughed I yeah. really, really hard watching it. It also has our girl June Diane Raphael in it. Um Ooh. it is a hilarious you know what? It's, movie. Do you know that her name is pronounced Raphael, not Raphael, which is how I say it every what, time. Raphael? Raphael. Oh, Raphael is so much better. I know. You and Diane Raphael? Raphael. That doesn't have the same ring to it. I, it it's it's, it's good losing because, meaning because I've said it so many well, times. But as it adds, you add a syllable on with each with each name. And I think that that has a really nice quality, like sort of like mm-hmm. June Diane Raphael. June Diane Raphael. Well, you should talk to her about it. I will. <laughs> I'm sure she would she'll ret- love to hear from you. If she returns one of, my, one of my snaps, <laughs> as the kids are doing, <laughs> um, then I'll get back to her as soon as she does. Because I sent mm. some good stuff out there on the um, on the chat, the Snapchat board. Uh, on the Snapchat. Oh, you use Snapchat a lot? I love what's your, what's, Snapchat. It's so much fun. What's your favorite feature? Um, I like just being able to send people. Um, I like being able to send people videos and just pictures from my day when I'm just like down. And right, that's not really a feature. That's how it works. So. Yeah, but, but like a- the way you can send them on there, it's just so cool. Like I'm like sitting outside and like like the other day I was outside and a bird just like mm. landed on like the tip of my nose and i was like oh my god and i just pulled out my phone and i did a snappy and i sent it to all my to all my friends <laughs> <laughs> i'm 
imagining the we the the way that you would react if a bird just landed <laughs> on your nose. Your instinct would to be would be to kill that bird <laughs> and get it away from you. You Look. would not pull out your phone and Snapchat it to anybody. First of all, you I'm I would bet I would I would I would pay you a thousand dollars. No, let me take let me rephrase. No, that. no, 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 no. You still just said. <laughs> I would be willing to bet a thousand dollars that that app is not on your phone. Oh, I love it. I use it all the time. I literally Dave got mad at me earlier today because I was uh snapping on Snapchat. Who are you snapping? Do you do you snap oh nudes God. ever? I snap everybody. I snap my breasts all the time. And I just you, send them out oh, to people okay. in my in my building. In in the building you live in, you just send p- nude pictures of your breasts. Yeah, I'll just be like, hey, Miss O'Malley, did you get a load of those melons? <laughs> and she's like, oh, at the store? Yeah, I saw they were on sale. And I'm like, no, the ones in your Snapchat file. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, my God, you sent me a picture of your tits. And then we, like, laugh about it. Yeah. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Has anybody ever told you your milk jugs look expired? Um, no, I've never, I've never gotten that before. I, you know, oh, okay. I, I just wondering, I have had somebody say like, Ooh, I'd love to get a look at those gold cougarans one time when I was outside in a sports mm. bra, but, um, <laughs> that's you it. Just outside in the sports. Are you going for a run or what were you doing? I was going for a run and I heard, and there were like some local construction workers. And one of them was like, that's what I'm talking about when I say MILF. And he pointed at my butt. Mm. And I told him I'd never birthed a child before, but I did thank him. Oh, wow wow that actually well, did happen know, milfs, to a milfs don't have to give birth to be a milf you know that did actually happen to a friend of mine whose name i won't reveal but she did tell me the story of like men like sort of like hooting at her and one of them referred to her as a milf and she was like i don't have any children <laughs> <laughs> how dare you <laughs> what age range is she she was in her 30s <laughs> but she did love it <laughs> yeah. i would i would be so upset i'd like start over <laughs> hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna yell something at me, at least make sure it's accurate, okay? Be accurate. I'm, I'm not mother. Nobody's mama. Um, <laughs> very that. Um, but yeah. So Jane, I gave you a new new movie to watch this week. Mm. Um, and uh, I want to get into the like it's the love it's and the loathe it's because I'm so curious about what you have to say, and I got a couple opinions on my own. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> when you you piled on and it was too much when i did okay. it, it was already insufferable okay. wow a man telling a woman she's too much how familiar here we go okay so i'd love to hear your first like a point <laughs> oh she's flipping it on me yeah. um so the script i flip <laughs> my first like a point that i had was mm-hmm. i really enjoyed at the beginning of the movie although i for some reason didn't this is you're just gonna be like you dummy um and for some reason i didn't understand that we were in the 80s at the very beginning of the movie um, it literally says 1985 across I the I must strain. have sneezed and missed it. <laughs> How dare you close your fucking eyes when we watch uh, these movies? <laughs> never again. Um, but I did love the like 1985 like narcotics, narc- narcotics tax force commercial at the very beginning of the movie to sort of like so set us good. up and like ground the movie in like a particular time period. I also mm-hmm. loved O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s uh, Nikes that are just like they're in Perfect. fashion, baby. For those of you who don't know, O'Shea Jackson Jr. plays the character of David. He also plays the character in real life of Ice Cube's son. 
I wouldn't call that um, a character. That's probably very deeply felt and very much his truth <laughs> and his reality. I was just trying to make a, a through line to what I was saying before, but no, yes, it's not a character. No, you were trying to say that black fathers it's- are figments, <laughs> and so their children, their children have to deal with basically this sort of imaginary space wow. where a parent should be, and they have to play the role of, like, child. And it's... As a white wow. woman, I want to tell you that you're wrong and that you're making such a leap, but maybe as a person who wants to be active in their anti-racism, I will acquiesce and I will say maybe it was part of my subconscious that went there. And to you and to all our listeners, I apologize. I I have a lot of learning to do every day. Oh, she's got her she's got her her press she's got her press speech ready for any any snafus that come out and I I love to see it. Jane, would you describe yourself as violently anti-racist? <laughs> I would like to describe myself as anti-racist. I would not use the word violently because I don't think that mm. I don't think that I do enough on a regular basis to make my anti-racism violent, which it should be, you know, it should come with a ferocity that, you know, I don't always have every day of the week. Okay. Okay. That's and I'm fair. willing to admit that. And I'm not, cause I'm flawed, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Open me up. I'm full of flaws. And I, don't I think that's how it works, but um, I try my best. <laughs> But, you know. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, that was my first one was the narcotics task force. And I kind of tacked on the whole O'Shea Jackson moment. But I did think it was I had a moment where I was like, is this like kind of meta? Like O'Shea Jackson looking like mm-hmm. his dad, Ice Cube. I know. Like moving he's around. He's so cute. I think O'Shea Jackson is so cute. Oh, he's cute. really cute. Yeah. But like for sure it was like a moment. It was like he's playing his dad in the 1980s, which I guess, I mean, he did the same thing as Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just funny to think about him like playing this role that also felt very like Ice Cube in nature. So it, it was did. like. It I was, could totally see Ice Cube like taking on this role as, you know, 85, you know, in 1985. I do want to point something out, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I just sound like I'm having all these these moments, these uh I guess like flighty moments, mm. um, but I had the That's moment. Who you are you? Don't don't run away from it. Um. <laughs> so Ice Cube, I I did not realize that it was O'Shea Jackson Jr. until watching yeah. this movie, and I said to Dave, "Oh my God, Ice Cube's name is O'Shea Jackson." I did not know that. I never. I mean, I never thought I, about what Ice Cube's name was, but I, I didn't think about it to this moment. But I'm assuming it is right. Yeah, no, it is. And hmm. also, do you know? Because this got me then thinking about another person. Mm. Of the frosty uh, persuasion, whose name I also don't know, um, Ice T. Do you know what Ice T's real name is? Who I, I have no idea. It is Tracy Lauren Marrow. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Who? Which sounds like the mean girl in high school. <laughs> Absolutely, that is a. I, I, I don't even know how to react to that name. That's like, I was like, that sounds what? like a librarian. Yeah, like a bitchy librarian. <laughs> or like a winner of the Newbery Prize for children's books author. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah, from like the South. Yeah. Who like doesn't really want to speak out, who's not violently anti-racist. Exactly. And she just wants, she just says things like, there's two sides to every story. It's real complicated. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> no, you wrote like a sympathetic picture of David Duke. Like, there's no. Like, 
you you in a children's book you made cute illustrations of the clan we can't we can't look past that yeah pastel hoods it's not the moment mama and she's just like that's part of my history and i've heard it told in many different ways i'm not picking sides i just I'm lay proud out the facts. of my family and the man in which uh are the patriarch of my family and i'm not gonna apologize i'm sure some of the things that they they were part of no longer have a place in society but at the time they absolutely did like would it be called like harlan's first hood and it's about a little boy who gets brought into like the kkk oh my god Anyways, coming to a bookstore near you, 2025. And God. Tracy, Tracy is doing a book tour. So Tracy Lauren, TL. Yeah, and we're all we are talking about our fictional Tracy. We're talking about Tracy, the fictional Tracy. We're not talking about um America's iced tea. Yes. So yeah, so there's like so there's also like well no, it's you, it's your turn. Um, okay, my first like a point is that man on the plane with all that cocaine and they cut to him and he is dancing up a storm with that wind with the door opened at like 30,000 feet about to like, it was like, I, I know this is like a ridiculous movie, but I could not stop thinking about like how he would immediately sucked out of the plane along with all the cocaine. And it doesn't matter because he fell to his death anyways, but it just seemed very irresponsible. Well, it's also interesting because like, okay, so Andrew C. Thornton II was apparently mm-hmm. like, he was he was Southern born. He was in, in the army, quit the army, became a police officer. And then he was like accused of like, I think he was like, he, re- he resigned from the police force. He was smuggling drugs at one point, allegedly. Um, and then he was one of like 25 men in California a part of like this sort of theft of weapons thing that happened where like there was theft of weapons. There was like, um, there was drugs being trafficked a lot, like thousands of pounds of marijuana. It was a lot of stuff, but he was a real person. And apparently he did die after jumping out of the plane. Um, mm-hmm. although the official report is that he became caught in his parachute while in the free and, and then free fell to the ground. So it, Do you, but we should say this is based on a true story. Oh for yeah. I'm sorry. I thought I, yeah, I, yeah, no, it's you based may on have tr- said that. I just wanted to like, no, 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 it's good. Me. It's good to reiterate it. Yeah, no, it's based yeah. on a true story, but obviously mm-hmm. they've taken nothing but liberties. And there was a bear <laughs> that they found in the woods that had overdosed on cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was coined the cocaine bear. So mm-hmm. like all of these things are real, but they've basically taken them and then blown them up in in order to you know create a dramatic uh and interesting narrative so the facts are legit they also call him uh pablo escobar also in other countries (laughs) the cocaine bear translated to crazy bear which i just think is funny no no no. you gotta the cocaine is the most important part (laughs) do they really call him pablo escobar yeah the the original one oh i thought there was a joke you made up Oh, no, um, no, no, no. They, they really do. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, so that's it. My next point, actually, my next like it point was just the star-studded cast. Um, yes. We did have a moment this weekend with um, our lovely, lovely um, editor who um, Jane and I hung out this weekend and Tara wanted us to watch a movie um, <laughs> that was called House on the End of the Street. 
and she referred to the movie as a, as a movie with a star-studded cast. And <laughs> Jane and I were shocked when we um, when we turned it on to discover that it was Jennifer Lawrence. And rounding out the cast alongside her was Elizabeth Shue. And that's where the stars began and ended. End of list. And Jane, Jane was really like... Jane was really sort of like, like riding this star city cast point because she could not reconcile these two and a cast of um, unknowns, um, just up and comers, like, um, <laughs> like being li- being noted as star studded. Jennifer Lawrence does have uh, star power, but yes. I don't know if it's enough to sort of like shoulder oh. the weight of like a film and and like. And the the title of Star Studded. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, so Tara, um, if you, this is your first episode listening, um, Tara is our editor and also my wife. And also, I'm sorry if this is your first episode because we're losing our goddamn minds. But <laughs> um, she does not remember celebrities' names. She, like, always thinks... <laughs> other people are celebrities when they're not we'll be watching something and she'll be like oh, David Hyde Pierce and I'm like what that's not fucking David Hyde Pierce that looks nothing like David Hyde Pierce or she'll be like oh my god is that Tammy Faye Baker and I'm like that no that's just a woman oh that was like in the movie that man that she thought was Hugh Laurie Yes, exactly. In this movie, she thought the father who's in the movie for five seconds was Hugh Laurie. And she was like, maybe that's why I thought it was star studded. She does not know who anybody is. Also, like, I don't know if a movie with like Hugh Laurie and I don't know if Hugh Laurie would. I don't know if I would count like a star studded cast. And then one of the people you name is Hugh Laurie. And me just be like, okay. <laughs> I will say Cocaine Bear does qualify as a pretty star studded cast. It's a pretty star strewn uh, affair. Um Yes. So yeah, that was one of the things that I that I noted was just like the cast was full of people. We've got Margot Martindale, we've mm-hmm. got um we've got Jesse Tyler Ferguson, we've got mm-hmm. Carrie Russell. Um Oh my God! We've got obviously the late, the great, the icon Ray Liotta Ray in Liotta. his final uh, cinematic appearance. We already mentioned mm-hmm. O'Shea Jackson, the second. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. There's lots. Uh, there's lots of big ones in this movie. Yeah, it was a pleasure to see them all. Isaiah Whitlock too. He's oh, absolutely like, from The yeah. Wire. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So no, it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty big cast. What about you, Jane? What's your um What's your next uh, like it? So my next like point is just like that scene where Henry and Dee Dee, so that's Carrie Russell's daughter. She like she and her friend Henry, they're like maybe 10 or 12 years old. It's hard for me to tell exactly how old they are. They skip school because they want to go to the waterfall and um, they discover a whole bunch of cocaine. And there's just a point where both of them are just like, covered in white powder and I was just like these kids are covered in drugs and like the visual of that was so fucking funny to me there's also and there's a scene when they first discover it where they both put like a like a palms full in their mouths <laughs> and then they spit it out and they're like oh this is gross but well, like because they don't know they're both like flexing to each other that they know how to take cocaine like they know what cocaine is they know how to take it they're trying to convince each other and there's dare you know one of them dares the other one I dare you to have some and so yeah. they put it in their mouths which by the way even if they put it in their mouths the way that they did and spit it out. A, their mouths would be numb 
And B, that's it would have had like They, they would have been ready for oral surgery at the, the amount yeah. of cocaine they tried to put in their mouths. Yeah, and like we don't ever talk about the fact that these kids are probably suffering from some of the effects of the cocaine because we. Mm-hmm. I think we just want to brush past it. And maybe Banks decided from the directorial <laughs> uh, chair that yeah. we were going to pivot. Um, yeah. But it was it was a decision. <laughs> They're like, we're it's going to be really funny. We're going to show you a bunch of like twelve year olds covered in drugs, but then we're going to move. And it's like there's no way they wouldn't be high off their fucking minds because oh you, you put it in your mouth, you also inhale it. Like, you know what I mean? And at one point, I think Henry the boy like sneezes on some cocaine and ends up like inhaling a bunch as well. So yeah, they would have been off their fucking chair. Yeah, it would have been a lot, but I guess that's a gritty subplot they didn't want to deal with. Like kids like yeah. <laughs> fiending for coke. Um <laughs> so yeah, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what yeah. about you? What's your next point? Well I noted that like there's like the the very first scene where we see the bear um after he's had a little bit of that good good and um, mm. he has no he has no patience for humans. But I do notice that he does enjoy nature, though. He is a he's a well, she I'm sorry. It's a she. Um, mm. She does enjoy nature, though. And she has a really sweet moment with a butterfly where um, towards the beginning of the movie that I thought was really funny. It's when the hikers are like out sightseeing and then they turn and they see the bear. And then they're trying to like look at the bear, I think, through binoculars or no, they have mm-hmm. a camera. I think they're trying to take pictures. Yes, the camera. And the bear sees them and then the bear like destroys just kills the the woman and then like is like playing around with the butterfly which i thought was a really nice little juxtaposition (laughs) um also like the people in this movie who see the bear and just pull out a camera and it's just like couldn't be me literally could not be me i see a bear i don't care so okay so there are different things that we learn in the movie that you're supposed to do with a black bear versus a grizzly bear like a black bear is supposed to fight back which like <laughs> sorry can't be me and a grizzly bear is supposed to run away and, and what does like, that even mean i don't know i'm running and i can't tell way. the difference between a black bear and a grizzly bear <laughs> Like in that moment, I'm not going to be like differentiating. Well, it usually depends on where you are in where you're hiking. You know, mm-hmm. like grizzly bears and black bears, I think, don't live like in the same areas in the mm. same climate. So you're like, if you're hiking in Georgia, then that's black bears. I think I think grizzly bears are more of a California thing. Got it. But I don't know if that's real science. I just feel like I've heard that. Also, it doesn't matter. Nothing. I'm not fighting a bear. No, I'm not fighting a fucking bear. <laughs> I'm not gonna like have like I'm like this is gonna be the, the what's going on in my mind. I'm I'm escape and I'm I'm escape. I'm not playing dead either. <laughs> I'm not playing dead either. That is so risky. People who like we you and I have sent back vi- each other videos on like Instagram and stuff of like people like just being approached by a bear that just like stand there and the bear like is like necking them and like sniffing them and like you know lifting up their shirt and they're just standing there waiting for the bear to go away and it does go away eventually. But it's like I actually don't think that I could do that. I would just I, I would die. I would die. Yeah, because I would I, um, move because I'd be so scared and the bear would eat me. Yeah, that probably would happen to me. And I also like sometimes when people like in the, the survival stories and they tell the story about like, oh, I play dead. And the bear like bite, like grabs him by like the neck or like the back mm. of the head. <sighs> Baby. I mean, all I could think of is just I mean, all I'm just going for those vital org. That's all I could think of is those eyeballs. That's it. 
<laughs> I know. I'm oh, have to you fight would dirty. like go scratch the eyeballs out? Yeah, try and get the eyes out. That, I mean, that's the okay, only so thing I can think of. So you would fight. So you're saying you would I fight? I mean, if I mean, I I'm not gonna just like if a bear starts trying to bite my neck, I'm not just. I mean, at least in the beginning, before he gets me good, I'm gonna put a little <laughs> bit of scrap into it. But I don't. What I mean is, he would have to come up to me and try right. to attack me. I mean, I'm not going to like. I'm not moving into offense is what I'm saying. My I'm not going to see him neither. and then be like, I'm going to fight him. Like what? <laughs> is that what it is? I feel like that's not what it is. What, what is it then? <laughs> I don't know. I think I meant like, I okay. My interpretation of this, and this could be wrong. Is that like black bears are more apt to like attack you. And instead of, trying to get away and run away your better bet is to fight back but with the grizzly bear you gotta just try to get away because they will destroy you from it's a mess no matter what and they'll both destroy you don't get (laughs) don't don't believe this don't believe this and get out there and see a bear and think to yourself you're gonna scrap because you're not you're not you're not that's not the story i believe there are people out there but I've also there there are different kind of people. I would tell you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some wild ones out there that probably will live to tell the tale of fighting a fucking bear. One hundred percent. Once this they go for my why... face, once they go for my face, just fucking eat me. <laughs> I know that why? sounds that's that your, sounds so fucking vain. Moneymaker. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I just honestly, I don't. I same. I mean, I, I look. I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the inner strength to live. As a person who lost half of their face, if that's happening to me, I think like it's curtains. I'm not going to live with dignity. I'm not going to be, you know, on the cover of People Magazine saying this is my story. I'm going to be wallowing. And shout out to the people. I know this is the wrong thing to say in this moment. And this is apparently the episode where I say every bad thing that ever crossed my mind because I'm determined to cancel myself. But I mean, I'm just like, we have enough reach to get canceled. (laughs) Um, I'm we can be canceled by people who know us. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, But yeah, our point is that like, we wouldn't do well without faces. Um, So yeah. um, That's that. So, so that was fun and amazing. What's your next like at point? <laughs> okay, my next like at point is I. So you know the Duchamp's gang or whatever. <laughs> it's like this gang. It's like first of all, whatever. Okay, so there's this like gang of like teenage ruffians or something who like are running around like the national park like robbing people and like trying to scare people i guess and my whole thing about like this like device the fact that they have like a name they're called the duchamps gang but we don't know anything about them or why they were formed or why they're a gang like what what was what was the point in that? Like, couldn't it just be like three youths like robbing people? Like, why make this like whole backstory of a gang where we don't like know 
what that actually means and why choose the name Duchamps, which I doubt three American teenagers in 1985 are going to be like, you know what? Let's call ourselves the Duchamp boys. Like, I feel like I feel like maybe in like New Orleans or something, but like, sure, it doesn't really make sense. And also, <laughs> I, maybe there's a scene where they discuss their sort of group ideology as far as like being the Duchamps and like what that mm-hmm. means to them and what they're fighting for. Mm-hmm. But it just it's just giving vagrants. And so we we miss all of that. I think what they they just really wanted a couple people to get killed by the bear. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, guess only kind of get killed by the bear. But yeah. So it was. Uh, so yeah, that is really funny. And I did kind of think, what are these like? It's just a group of like youths that are just yeah. like wreaking havoc and like stealing from people. You know, mm-hmm. trying to keep the crime petty. But I mean, you know, those petty crimes have the real they have real life ramifications, as these young gents find out. Absolutely. And that was actually, that was the, we kind of like, we do this thing where we blend points together sometimes, or like we touch on points (laughs) through other conversational points. So we actually, that was the end of my list because the last thing on my list was those kids eating that Coke. So we already sort of covered uh, (laughs) Yeah, we tend to, do we tend to choose some of the same points, which I love. I just have one more like it point. Give it up, Queen. Um, Carrie Russell's jumpsuit, that little pink rubber she mm-hmm. wears. It was so cute. And it was like, really cute. it was great for a hike, but also a little fashionable. I was really into it. I, I was like, shout out to the, you know, costume designer on that one. Is it great for a hike? I feel like that material, I feel like windbreaker material is actually like awful and doesn't breathe well. And it like, our producer just screamed out, it tra- traps moisture. I feel like it like, I, feel like huh. it was, I thought it was cute for sure, but I feel like on a hike, you'd want something that breathed a little better, right? Look, as a person who rarely hikes, I did not think about it. Um, you weren't thinking about logistics. You were just thinking it's a cute picture moment. Exactly. Because that's always where I'm coming at from an outfit. I'm never thinking about functionality. Like, Functionality. That's not true. Sometimes I, of course, I think about functionality, but not, but not when it comes to like hiking because I really don't understand what I would need to go on a hike. I, I do know the other thing that sort of sticks out to me in these in this movie and often in these types of movies when people are like hiking is like everybody always gets so close to that edge, mm-hmm. and I just think it couldn't be me. Like one mm-hmm. sneeze, and like whatever. Also, mm-hmm. I know how the game works. I'm not going hiking mm-hmm. with Dave and then letting him push me off the edge of a of a cliff so he can collect some insurance money no 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 baby i've seen there's too many of those stories too much true crime the wide-eyed widow the wide-eyed widow who who takes Mm -hmm. a new husband and doesn't do that proper background check Mm -hmm. and then ends Mm -hmm. up with the hubby you know he's taking out a second second or third insurance policy on baby girl and she and a tumble and she goes and then he's got a new young thing and he's moving into a bigger house no, 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 baby. We're going down did together. Did you do a full background check on Dave um, before Absolutely. you guys got married? I, I did a background the, check on the, you. The full panel? <laughs> you did what you find? There's a mess. Everything. <laughs> Finances were atrocious. Um, your moral compass, as our listeners know, wasn't compassing. And it's just, I made the decision anyway, though, because I thought, you know what, though? She's witty. She's quick. Um, She's going to be fun. She's going to be fun. I took out that insurance policy on you, mm. um, if you remember correctly. And that's uh, why, that's why, that is absolutely why I don't, we can't be alone together. Is and that you why you don't want to be alone with me anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. You know that. You know that's why. 
Because that's a hefty, that's a hefty uh, sum. <laughs> it's it's $15 million is what it is. And, and it I know seemed... how thirsty you are. And I know, I know about your shopping addiction. I know about it. Here we go. Dave doesn't know about it, but I do. Because. This, here we go. I Well, you've asked me many, many times to store things at my home for you so that your husband doesn't find out. One chinchilla. One chinchilla and it turns. One chinchilla? Do you mean one closet full of chinchillas? That is that is actually what I meant. I buy yeah. a lot of stuff off of Angie's list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got caught well, up in you know in what's that good because the reviews are in. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Angie still got that short, sharp haircut, so I know she's all business. So that's why I spent a lot of money. I got caught up in the list, um, but you know I'm working through that. I'm working through that every week. I'm journaling again. I'm going for, for walks, not hikes, because I don't run to. I don't want to run into any bears. I can no, do no, that no, in Andersonville. But, um, mm-hmm. I'm just like you know. I'm trying to keep it all on the up and up, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. the next love it point that I had mm-hmm. was that I like how it's funny because I kind of almost took this point back after later on in the movie, but I did write down that I loved that this movie seemed to be so aware of what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that there was a. Oh, I'm just going, I'm just doing what I want. I'm going out of order, whatever. There do was whatever, a point, whatever, do you want. There was a point in the movie. There was like this point towards the beginning of the movie where it felt very aware of what it was doing and in control mm-hmm. of the narrative. And then mm-hmm. there was a point where it felt like it got away from itself. I have the exact same note, Brandon. Okay, good. It was like a point where I was like, what's going on? Like, it felt like it didn't know who we were supposed to be focusing on, which in my mind, I was like, okay, I mean, I guess the, the story itself is maybe being laid out in a way that ref- that reflects sort of like the craziness of like the circumstances. Like they want the story to feel like, as far as editing goes, as sort yeah. of like convoluted and mm-hmm. like choppy and as unsure of itself as like sort of like the characters in the story. And, but then there was a point where I was like, I don't, I don't know though, because I got to a point where, what were you going to say? No, you go no, for it. No, I was it. just going to say, I told you there were too many mini plots to follow. What we needed was our main story and we didn't really have it. I think it was supposed to be the Carol, Carrie Russell and the kids story, but there were too many plot points and little, little A, B, side plots that were the seeds were planted around us and we were following them for a longer amount of time than we would if they were really just side characters but we weren't following them long enough to really know what was going on so that's how I felt about it yeah and it was like this thing where like it, it was like we leave Carrie we leave we, we meet Carrie at the beginning of the movie and then I feel like we leave her for so long so and it's long. like she's clearly supposed to be our heroine but like mm-hmm. the movie isn't invested like in telling more of her story than anyone else's Mm-mm. so she sort of feels like this like subplot and yes. I know that like you could just say oh it's an ensemble comedy but I think that like like an ensemble like dark comedy but I think that one of the problems is that like people were being killed off so quickly that yes. it was like you had no time Time to get to know them so mm-hmm. as by virtue of that you have no time to care about them right. so because it's like we spend like it's a weird thing like we spend we have the hikers at the beginning of the movie they die really quickly so mm-hmm. we spend about five to ten minutes with them but then they're gone and you're like okay they're sort of like tertiary characters but then as the movie moves forward we spend like more time than that with other characters but not like a substantial amount of time still yes. in terms of a movie enough time to sort of have an idea of who they are and what their relationships are to each other and like what their goals are kind 
kind of, but like not enough time to even be invested in them. And they're, that's what, and then they die. So it's really sort of perplexing. And it's like, the movie seems like there's a lot of characters in it that it doesn't know how much it wants us to sort of like be invested in them. And sometimes I know it's a totally. plot device of like, we're going to make you think that this person's a, a person to care about. And then we're going to take them away. And it's a directorial choice. And it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And through, through doing that, you sort of like, and sometimes like hint at the fact that like nobody's safe, nobody's above reproach, you know, right. but in this movie, it's but like, it didn't feel that way. It felt like it didn't feel that way at it all. It felt like it didn't, it felt uneven. It felt like it didn't know how much time it wanted to spend mm-hmm. on each of these stories. And so it's like, Oh, we do want to spend time on it, but we don't want to spend, we don't want to invest too much in this person. And I think that because of that, there's a period in the movie where it feels like you don't know what to like, you don't know who to root for. And you don't know like, you what absolutely to hold that, on that's to. exactly what it is because there's no real like quote unquote hero to this movie and I think when you have these kind of I mean obviously it's a horror comedy but when you have a horror movie or even a horror comedy movie there is a person who is your number one person you can rely on to take the story forward the person who will sacrifice everything to save everybody the person who figures out how to lead everyone to safety the person who you know and in some ways it sort of was carrie russell but not entirely because like you we have this whole other subplot of the detective and uh the drug like Sid played by Ray Liotta and David, his like the person who works for him, but then also Ray Liotta's son whose wife had died. And it was like, it was just too much information to be a subplot, but not enough information to be part of the actual plot. And then with Carrie Russell, it's like, we didn't really know too much about her life either. Other than she was like a nurse and a single mother and trying to find her daughter. And she was going above and beyond and saving the young child. But like, she wasn't saving, you know what I mean? She wasn't like the hero of the story and neither was anybody else. Does that make sense? No, it does. It, like I think that was a big part of it was that I didn't know where to put my in, my my energy. I didn't know who to be invested in. Mm-hmm. Carrie Russell is introduced towards the beginning of the movie, and then and seems like sort of this foundational piece of the story. But then she disappears for the bulk of it, and then yes. she comes back right towards the end. But during the period that she's gone, we meet a host of other characters who are like yes. in and out, varying at varying rates. But like mm-hmm. none of them enough for us to like grab onto them and like root for them. And even if you want to go the whole anti-hero route, like I feel like the bear, you're not even really rooting for the bear. You're sort of like, you're sort of like, I mean, it's not like an allegory for like nature. I don't think like it's not an indictment. Although Um, I did when I was like reading this, people were like, Oh, you know, reading about the movie people were saying like oh or uh, the writer i think was saying like oh this is like you know the bear's point of view the bear sort of seeking his revenge and you almost have sympathy for the bear or something like that i can't remember exactly what he said 
But I was like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> Did I? Is that like wrong? Because I was like, well, feelings aren't wrong, of course. But you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't get that. I didn't I didn't have sympathy for that. Well, first of all, I knew the first, I mean, duh, the bear's not real. But then yeah. B, <laughs> but then B, it was like, it was also just like, there was no rhyme or reason. And also like at a certain point, it was like, okay, the bear's like coked out of her mind. She mm-hmm. wants, she wants to like find more coke. Okay. But then she was killing people just to kill people. So then I was confused because I was like, some people she would kill because they had like Coke residue on them. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But then sense. like other people, it was like she was just killing a kill. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, like <laughs> I feel like if the aim is that she's Coke hungry, I don't understand why like she, I, I, I just, it didn't make sense to me. And also like, I know I'm, I'm, I'm being way too like literal with this fucking film. Also, it's like <laughs> at a certain point, it's like not like she's eating because she's starving. Cause she's already had like multiple people. So it's just like, right. what's the deal? There's also uh, really how many people can a bear eat in a day? Really? Yeah. And honestly, your appetite is suppressed when you're on cocaine. So plot hole. <laughs> oh, that bear's probably, you know, at a certain point, like I couldn't, I couldn't eat another finger. Um, but <laughs> there's also this moment in the movie movie towards the beginning where David's character gets into a fight with these three youths in a bathroom and he sort of incapacitates each of them. And then like, I thought, Oh, one of them is dead. And then like, none of them were dead. Not Which exactly. I, none of them were dead. And then I, and that was a moment that I was like, Oh, this is going to be one of those movies where nobody dies. Like it's going to be one of those films where like the person died at the beginning of the movie, Thornton's character flying out of the mm-hmm. plane, but nobody killed him. He died, right. you know, because he had his head on the door frame. But then like the other characters, I was like, Oh, when that, when nobody died, I thought, Oh, this is going to be one of those movies that's like supposed to feel dangerous, but we don't actually like, no one ever actually gets murdered. But yeah. then I, that quickly was, Revealed yeah, to not be the case. I think was what was revealed though was that no one. But then that can't even be said true. Okay, never mind. It was a really like it was one of those movies I was really trying to grasp onto things, and I found it a little bit you difficult to nail anything down in this movie. Every it was like trying to nail down Jello. Yeah. So yeah. So that was um that was my point. Um, did you have a love it? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you kind of mentioned um the scene where it happened. So there is um that scene where David is in the bathroom and at the national park and the Duchamp's gang comes in and like tells just like, give me your wallet. And they like try to beat, beat him up. And, um, he ends up kicking all of their asses, but it reminded me of this thing that I always see in movies that I love. And I always, it always makes me laugh because it's always so fucking stupid, but it's always when it's like one guy against many people or I shouldn't say one guy one person against like a group of people and they're like oh we're gonna beat you up and then the one person ends up like winning the fight but the way that it's staged is that it's always the one guy fighting one person at a time and then the people in the back are just waiting their turn and it's like that would not happen in real life like yeah there's no yeah there's no in honor real life, it would be an ambush ambush and you would be fucking like restrained in 10 seconds or you would have to like you know sometimes it's like the person where they use the body of the one person to like throw at the other people to slow them down but even then you're right it's like the choreography is just really presenting itself and you see the person almost counting to themselves like to four before they like yeah. 
where they can exactly. enter the fight. And it's like, are you stealing yourself for like this battle? Because you're watching your friend get decimated. Like it's like you're like you're you're taking like ten to fifteen seconds to like gear up to jump in while your friend gets his ass kicked. Like no, you would be in there instantly. It's like in the oh God, my knowledge of video games is so limited. But I feel like I remember like maybe like in Tekken, there used to be like this thing with Tekken was like a video game on like PlayStation. One of the only oh, video games that I ever had. And it's there was so funny because you were like, I don't know anything about video games. And then you said a video game name and I was like, I've never heard of that. In my I entire- forgot about it until the name came out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> the I Because at first I was like, maybe Mortal Kombat. No, it was Tekken. And in that video game, you would pick a player. And like, as you're picking the player, you're waiting on like you're you're there's a period where you're where you pick your player and you're waiting on the other person and then the player is just sort of like their feet are firmly planted but their hips are swaying from side to side and it's like (laughs) they're just like they're waiting for their for their moment it's like that's the vibe that you get in these scenes when like everybody's like one person's like hiding behind a door like waiting for their moment to get in there right because it's like there's because it's like there's honor in it or something like oh no i'm not gonna fight you at the same time my boy is no 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 no. is that oh i guess i didn't even think it was that far i don't think that is what it is i think it's just choreographed in such a way that like (laughs) that that makes it it possible for for us to see one person to fight off several people's unless you're talking about like the real deal unless you're talking about like keanu reeves and john wick where he's like whooping everybody's ass at the same time but yes that's completely different oh i love those movies they're so good those are really fun movies they're so good and i don't even really like violent movies but man i love i love the john wick movies that's funny because those movies are so violent so violent if you guys honestly if you guys haven't seen the john wick movies like i cannot vouch for them enough they are so fun and it's like keanu reeves just like kicking ass and like the most incredible fight choreography you'll see on screen like it's so it's amazing no it's really good it is really good um, I haven't seen the new one, but I'm as, as our either. producer just noted, the new one is over three hours long. Oh, so there's a lot of God. there's a lot of story to be told, baby. I would say we should do it for this podcast, but I can't. I can't watch a, th- a, a movie for, that's over three hours for this podcast. We can do that, go. me and you. We could. We should, maybe together. Well, maybe we sit down and We'd we just watch to, it. Together. We would have to watch it together. I but couldn't the, sit. To- but like taking notes is a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, taking notes, taking when I watch movies now, it's interesting when I found out with this podcast, like the way that I watch movies now casually is so different from the way that I watch movies. Well, for the podcast, because I obviously you have to be so meticulous and make sure you pay attention to everything. And like you're always trying to pull something out for conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, it's uh, it'd be a chance to watch movies a little bit more restful um capacity uh but yeah so so what, one of the things that i thought was really funny so as i mentioned earlier jesse teller ferguson is in this film um of modern <laughs> family unrecognizable <laughs> unrecognizable um they got it him a really me nice a minute. when i first from. saw him i was like who is that he looks vaguely familiar and i was like oh that's jesse teller ferguson the J, yeah jtf and JTF? it's a moment where his character is being pursued by bear um and he climbs up this tree and the tree is so tall. Like he climbed, like this tree is so tall and he but to be fair shimmies to his character, up it. 
he just took a huge snarf of cocaine, and that's why he was able to. He had the, cry, he had the claw courage. Up the tree. Yeah, I know there's people who've done cocaine watching this movie though, and they're like, never that. <laughs> um, you feel like that's what you're doing, um, but yeah. So, so he's able to shimmy up the street, and then Henry, who's the little boy who's friends with Carrie Russell's daughter. We actually we she disappears for most of the movie too. And yeah. once Carrie Russell comes back in, it's just her and Henry looking for the daughter. But the yeah. two of them end up shimmying up these trees, and it was just a really <laughs> funny moment for me that I was like, "We're just have we're just doing whatever we want to do," and it. But it was to let you know that like all the rules have gone out the window, which you should have already known Absolutely. when you saw that bear, like make easy work of chomping down on that kilo of cocaine <laughs> multiple times <laughs> like consistently the other movie um that's great yeah so my next point my next love it point is i love how this is based on a true story and in the true story not a single person was died was injured or died was died I don't know why I said it that way. Um, I'm trying to say was injured or died. <laughs> yeah, no one was died. Um, no, I, no one was died. But I will say, but I will say that I did think at one point, and it, that was just before I watched the movie before I read about the actual true event. And yeah, me I too. did say to Dave, I don't understand how this bear's alive. After that first kilo, I don't understand 100%. how the bear didn't like die of an overdose. And then to find out that that's actually how the bear did die. Um, also, everyone in this movie hat was full of guns and that bear didn't get shot. Like why the bear did are not you, get shot. I would be emptying a clip onto, into a cocaine bear. I'm sorry. And I have to say this. I am anti-gun. Here we go. Give me <laughs> your full political never, stance, Jane. Ever, ever want to kill another living thing. But if I had a gun and there was a cocaine bear coming at me, I would use my resources. I feel like I've seen you kill a roach before. I also feel like I've seen you kill like a spider as well. Um, make it make well, sense for me and the <laughs> listeners because that math is off. Well, not with a gun. I don't walk around my house shooting at no, spiders. No, but you said, but you made your comment about living things, and I just wanted to. I just <laughs> well, want the record. I, to I show. should say, I don't, I don't want to participate in ki- killing any living things. I mean, maybe a spider, but it's not really pleasant. But also, I mean, for food, because you know, a lot of things are delicious. <laughs> and oh, there we go. And it's also <laughs> true that you know, me and Jane have eaten many spiders in our day. So, you know, it's only for the chopping purposes, baby. I love a flame-grilled tarantula. That's a little ranch, little ranch dipped mm. in ranch. Um, Delish. Yeah, I did also. Um, I did say in my notes at this point, which I just mentioned before, and I was wrong. I said, <laughs> I said, I have the feeling that everyone's going to be okay because here's what happened. <laughs> It's because at this point in the movie, nobody other than the person who jumped out of the parachute, Thornton, was the only person who had been killed. Um, people had been roughed up in a bathroom, but they didn't die. And I thought that was a moment where we could what sort of the give. the tourists who were div- killed? Oh, you're right. That had happened. Yeah. I think, but they were like, but they were tertiary. So I was like, okay, they just like, they killed them in order to, to let us know that this bear is to be taken seriously and to sort mm-hmm. of like hint at a kind of danger. But we're not going to have a movie where all of our main characters are killed. That's what I thought. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so they just set it up that the bear is a dangerous creature 
Ranger by having him kill these random people whose names we don't even really know. And now the movie plot's going to move forward. But I was incorrect. Um, <laughs> but I did write that in my notes, which I think is really funny because I've never written a note like that before while watching a movie. But I wrote, <laughs> I have a feeling everyone's going to be okay. Um, and I was incorrect. And then like right after this, one of, which was actually my loathed points, but whatever, one of the most gruesome scenes that I hated, it wasn't, it was, you know, it was pretty gruesome. I hated Jesse Tyler Ferguson's death. Oh, it like it was bothered really, me really so much because it's like he was in a tree and then the bear climbs up the tree because it smells the cocaine that's on him. And then he's hanging off of this branch and then he falls. So now his two legs are basically at his knee. The back of his knee is what's holding him up. He falls over a branch on the tree. He, he falls over fall a branch entirely. on the tree. So he's upside down. And his, so his arms are dangling and his torso is dangling. The bear is eating him, though, from like the legs down. <laughs> so you're watching from his POV. They held mm-hmm. on him for so long I swear it was like a minute of him just screaming at varying degrees as like the blood <laughs> trickles down his body and it was like I don't like I, like one moment of they him screaming was away. enough for me and they just held the camera on him as we, yeah. like, so we could just see like the soul leave his body <laughs> and I was like I don't this is too much like look like I don't want to look at this for this long we know what's happening <laughs> I but, know it was they really leaned into the gore and I'm sure the actor in me knows that he probably loved every second of it like getting oh, to sure. have like that like gruesome of a death but it was one of those moments where i was like okay so everything's not gonna be okay um so that previous note was my bad uh but yeah so that was a moment that stuck with me uh what about you jane are we on to loathe it or no we're still on love it okay my i just have one more love a point um i loved jesse tyler ferguson's character and um uh, God, what's her name? The park ranger, Margot Martindale. Yeah, Margot Martindale. I loved their flirty energy. I just thought that was one of the actually really funny parts of this movie that like made me laugh. Just in the Fair. background, they had quick moments that were really funny. It's very well, they won't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they. Well, what I actually said also that I loved, which is in connection to the Jesse Taylor Ferguson, because while all this is happening. The whole thing that was happening was there was a little boy, Henry, who I mentioned earlier, who's in the tree. He's climbed up really high as well. He's in the tree right next to Jessica Taylor Ferguson. The Mm -hmm. bear is climbing up that tree. And then the bear... Like Jesse Tyler Ferguson's character, like he he like hits his pocket or something, and all of this cocaine residue, like goes into the atmosphere, and then the bear smells it, and then turns and climbs up that tree to kill mm-hmm. him. And mm-hmm. then Carrie Russell's at the bottom of this tree, trying to get Henry to come down from the tree so that they can escape while Jesse Tyler Ferguson's character is being killed. And all I could think was like, that that kid's ruined. There's no going back. There's no oh, normal there's no going- life after I you watched had the a man. Same- thought and then he says something like oh i'm never gonna forget that and she's like okay let's go this way it's like no let's sit with that for a moment (laughs) he is never going to forget that he's gonna be at cookouts at children's baseball games Mm -hmm. at weddings maybe his own Mm -hmm. and every now and then you just Just remember that you saw a man get eaten by a bear (laughs) and then you were expected to go back in a society be a contributing member like i I don't know how he doesn't see it every time he closes his eyes. Right? I imagine like that part, but yeah, he's gonna that, get get addicted to Ambien, have a rough life. You know, maybe that maybe the cocaine helped. Maybe he'd have some mm. sort of like cocaine amnesia or something. I hope so. I hope so, but that's probably not the case. I actually realized that I did have one more love at point. Give it up. Give it up. I love your inconsistency. So thank you. I, guess I had one more too. 
Thank you. Um, I love how many people abandon each other. Oh my god! Baby, like see someone else getting eaten, and they are out. They're like, "Cocaine bear is distracted. It is my time to shine." Let's and it is. Go and And one hundred percent. They're correct. Yes, it's just so funny because it's absolutely the opposite of so many other horror movies what we were talking about before, like where like the hero would be like, I can't leave her. <laughs> but that does not happen in this movie. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, that is way more realistic because it's like, I can't save you at this point. I got to save myself. And I can't. Myself. And that's the thing. <laughs> at a certain point when that man, because there's a point where that man was kind of like fighting for his wife still after the bear mm. had grabbed her by the feet. And it was like, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's time for just you let to it, go. Just let it just let go it do what it's going to find someone to tell the tale to as because it's say. yeah absolutely because there's no there's no going back <laughs> and also you're so deep in the woods that even if the bear just ripped off like a leg or two mm-hmm. then like you still got to get that person and however like hundreds of pounds they weigh, you've got to like either throw them on your back and get them to safety or like drag them but you can't drag them because then they're going to just be like they're you know hitting rocks and it's really just like at a certain point you just gotta let nature do cut your losses yeah and let that person let them go and um, you heard it here first don't ever go hang with brandon because well I'm, I'm sure i know if i'm on the other end of it i'm gonna be like no you keep fighting for me what well, a certain point i'm gonna be like let me well, as we clearly said before as soon as the face is good then it's then it's curtains for and both of curtains. us yeah then it's oh no go 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 um but no, you're right. There are a lot of people. There's this scene when um, S- Scott Sice, who I actually, I know Scott Sice because he's a comedian that I follow online. He posts some funny videos. The redheaded he, guy? No, he's the dude with the mustache, one of the ambulance, the MTs. Oh, okay. Him. So he plays Tom and his, and his partner, Beth. The two of them show up um, after Margot Martindale, who, by the way, when I said earlier, people die in the movie and I was going to say, oh, but they all get killed by the bear. No, Margot Martindale is an inept park ranger and she, <laughs> she blows cannot. the Deschamps. She blows one of the Deschamps boys. She blows their head off. Um, she's doing a lot. She's she's killing people. She's using a gun incorrectly um, and, and miss, hitting everybody but the bear in the process. The only thing she's supposed to be hitting is the bear. And she's got old boy opening the door up because she thinks the bear is on the other side of the door. Then he opens the door up and then she shoots the gun and blows his head off, missing the bear entirely. Blows one of the Duchamp boys. Head also, off, her not the eyes bear. were closed when she shot the gun. <laughs> I got me. Open what? those First of all, peepers. It just, well, you know, classic law enforcement ineptitude. Oh, my God. Although I don't know if a park ranger is necessarily law enforcement, but I, I think so. It's all part of the same system. I don't know. Yeah, this, yeah, and she. So yeah, so there's so there's murders. There are murders happening, baby. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was a funny moment when because there's a scene which they actually spare us the reality of the scene in order to create a shock value moment. The mm-hmm. bear somehow gets inside, like attacks uh, Margot Margot Martindale's character, hides. He ends up killing this other dude, decapitates him. He's hiding in a back storeroom, and then we have like Tom and Beth, who are these EMTs who were called before we realized how dire everything was so they mm-hmm. arrived they were, called, they were called for something else like a they concussion were called for like a concussion and they show up and first of all in order for this to happen you need people who aren't paying attention to what's going on like first of all they get inside of the the building which there's a body blocking the door they mm-hmm. get inside of this like park ranger's office and they're looking around 
And it's just like, it's like the craziest scene because all I'm thinking is like, just take the context clues because they keep walking <laughs> deeper and deeper into this. And let me this tell you, when I thought I, if I thought I came stuff. here for somebody's tweaked ankle <laughs> and I see like blood covering mm-hmm. the floor, I'm going back out to the van. <laughs> Because at the Call least the I need reinforcements. Yeah. But I know mm-hmm. that this splint that I brought with me and this <laughs> wrapping tape, it ain't gonna put it ain't gonna put this this Humpty Dumpty ain't being put back together again. Let me just say that. We need we need reinforcements. We, we need somebody need who can bigger, put a better. head back on a neck is what we need. And that's what did you do in the 80s to call for backup? Because you don't have a cell phone. How did you call for backup? They have like um they have the walkie-talkies. They have wa- oh like the car like CB radio radios yeah cars. oh yeah yeah that's right that's right oh my god <laughs> whatever you that called it a walkie talkie well, okay I, was, I, I knew that's... what it was though I didn't know the names of it but I knew what it was I knew they had a I, device I know what it was I forgot those were in the car okay excuse you me thought, sorry I'm you not thought it was intimately a... you know oh, familiar with you thought what it was the, like a carrier pigeon probably you just no, write I letters didn't. and I send just them back to I would use my cell phone but I'm so reliant on my cell phone I forgot about other things yeah 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 so anyway these two and this is one of the wildest scenes in the movie actually it's like it the whole scene is like everybody doing things that they don't need to be doing beth is mm-hmm. like tending to like margot Mardell, who's in the corner and can't use her words because she's like I, I don't know but she can't say like there's she's a bear. Tr- she just she she's asking her what's going on the, and she, the emt beth is like what's going on and she margot Mardell just keeps going but she can't say fucking bear and i'm like spitting or mouth it if you can't if you can't vocalize it spell it in all the blood on the floor something something. but all this is happening and beth's (laughs) tending to her and beth's giving her undivided attention which let (laughs) me tell you there's a dead body somebody's Mm -hmm. head was blown off at the door margo's over in the corner with scratches and scars all over her Mm -hmm. first of all i'm not going all the way in First of mm-hmm. all, I'm gonna, I'm probably, I'm gonna tell Mar, I'm be like, come on, girl, I'm like, crawl over here, let's get out. But I'm not going all the way in. I'm not going all the way in oh, there. You're gonna encourage her to come to the door. You, this is why you are not an EMT. This is one of the reasons why they wouldn't, why they wouldn't certify me. Yeah, but I just feel like somebody's got to keep like a base, like on what's going on from the outside. Also, a situation like this, like danger, is still possible. So mm-hmm. it's just like they go deep in, and I mean, mm-hmm. they live to tell the tale. But it is a crazy scene. It's one of the wildest scenes in the movie, and like it's it's one of the wildest scenes in the movie. And Actually. This was, one of the scenes where the bear is like chasing after the ambulance. I'm like, why? Like nobody has cocaine. Like, no. why are you chasing the ambulance? What, like, what is the motivation? And like, and you're well, full. This is, this is one of my low the points is like, it ends with them all fucking dying. But the thing that I hated more than anything was Margot is in the stretcher in the back of the alien, uh, the back of the ambulance with the doors open. They like, I think crash into a tree and her stretcher gets thrown out and she falls face first onto the asphalt and scrapes her face across the fucking asphalt and dies essentially. And it is one of the roughest fucking scenes. I've a death scenes I've seen in a horror movie. And who man oh man did i not like watching that and we'll never forget it yeah oh god um yeah so 
You heard it here, folks. It was really, it was a really gritty, grimy moment. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think I expected this movie to be as like gr- as like gr- gritty and gory as it was. I thought it was going to be a lot more like comical, but it had quite. It was quite bleak. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, it was had the. It, it was both. You know, it was yeah. definitely. Definitely both. Do you think this is a an inquiry? Do you think mm-hmm. that Elizabeth Banks being like, you know, this acclaimed actress, mm-hmm. director, do you think that she insisted on no props in the movie? Like only real cocaine? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? She's if you probably... want to hear yes on that, I'll just give it to you. I didn't know. I don't know if I want to. No, I don't know. Not, yes or no. Not. I just yeah. was curious because I was like, maybe I know some gritty, some gritty filmmakers Look, are like, we're between, doing it. Between you and me, you're the only one who's been on a movie set. So I don't know. You tell me. Would that fly? It depends on who it is. It depends mm-hmm. on who the director is and how and how badly they want to uncover the truth the moment in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, get get there, as they say. Get there. And then a group of actors mm-hmm. were just like, oh, my God, they're so deep. Mm. He actually, he actually made me like relive some of the trauma from my childhood for the character. That's how gritty this movie is. And, like, I'm, and I'm so thankful for that, that I've been in an impatient like facility for like last six weeks, like managing that. And like, but the performance thanks, he got, <laughs> the perf- is all thanks to him and the performance he got out of me. And the fact that he called me a bitch every day, like that's what did it. No, it's true. The last <laughs> love it point that I will have is that there's a scene in the movie one of the big mm-hmm. plot points is all this cocaine and everybody's looking for their cocaine including Sid White played mm-hmm. by uh, Ray Liotta they're looking for the coke the detective Bob is looking for the coke as well um, and at a certain point in the movie he's on top of a gazebo he's trying mm-hmm. to like he ends up in this gazebo a couple of the Duch- the um, not the Duchamp boys um, it's, it's it's David Sid's son and the one Duchamp boy stash who was leading them to the rest of the cocaine because he said they hid it in the gazebo. You know what I did not realize? What? The the actor who played Andrew C. Thornton. And I was like, he looks so familiar. He's Matthew Reese. From the he was on the television show ah, The Americans, and he's also he married, so to Carrie, he's he's married, married to Carrie. He's married to Carrie Russell. Russell. Yeah, he looks so familiar to me too. And I remember I was like, oh, make sure you figure out who that is because that looks familiar to you. I I didn't watch The Americans, but I didn't either. Um, I just you know just a cultural sort of talking point rur, that I remember people being really into it. I think that's where they met too. I think it is, yeah. Um, but the other character who plays um Alden Ehrenreich, he plays the character of Eddie, who's the son mm. of Sid White. Um, mm. and Eddie and David are like best friends. And yeah, they're sort of traveling through the through the woods. At one point, the detective has them all at gunpoint. Um, David goes for the gun, gets two of his fingers shot off, Oof. and it's just moving through the rest of the movie, missing two fingers and like yep. not bleeding out somehow. It is. He's like wrapped his hand with like a jer- his like jersey, his jersey, and all's well. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that was something that happened. But I noted that in this scene, the there's a in this scene, uh, Isaiah Whitlock's character ends up tossing the bag to the ground, and when he does, the bear going for the coke. Mm-hmm. take some of the coke out of like one of those like 1980s like rainbow handled bright red rainbow handled like sleep yes. like uh like duffel bags duffel bag. and and then and like yeah like a nylon duffel bag and Sid White's character shows up and he's like where's the supply like we need it and they're like the bear has it like like the bear has it and he's like we gotta go find him and, mm-hmm. and then I said there's no way the bear ate all that cocaine 
right there at the spot. No, he didn't. He's mm-hmm. a, she. No, she didn't. She took it with her. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just this shot of the bear dragging this this duffel bag full of cocaine, <laughs> and it was pretty fucking funny. Um, <laughs> it was just so wild and uncalled for. But I like that she was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get all the supply right now. I'm gonna take some <laughs> of this like, back to the cave." I, absolutely, this is gonna last me through hibernation. Yeah, she's yeah. like, "Mama's got." If I can ever sleep. If I. <laughs> If I can have a sleep. Her and Henry. <laughs> if I can have a sleep. <laughs> she's thinking about the cocaine and Henry's thinking about watching her decimate Jesse Taylor Ferguson in that tree. Um, mm. But yeah. So you want to move into the loathe Cheney? Yeah. I already have shared at least one of my loathe points. Oh, me as well. Yeah, let's, 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 yeah. So my, my next loathe point, I will say, is <laughs> I'm going to say it. This movie's too damn long. It could be, it's two hours. And it should be 90 minutes because we spend so much time just showing a lot of stuff that we've already grasped as viewers and it does not need to be this long. I, you know what I mean? And and I think it would help cut down on a lot of the subplots that really we're investing in that we don't need to, you know, I think I would have been more on board with this movie if it was an hour and a half, because that's all we needed. Jane, this movie what? was 95 minutes. What? I thought it was two no. hours. No, it was not. <laughs> but uh, Jane, the same thing happened to me, though, when I was watching this movie. What? And Dave left the room and came in. I paused this movie at one point. I was like, oh, we're probably wrapping up towards the end. We were 45 minutes in and we were we were halfway through the movie. It was this. <laughs> oh, my God. It was only it was only 95 minutes. And Dave and I both were like, how is this movie still happening? Like I we were only in the hours. middle. I don't know why either. I don't know why it felt as long as it felt like it was because it was not a long movie but oh, i had the same exact thought God. i got halfway through and i was like i was like oh i was like we're, pro- we're probably at least we probably got like 15 21 minutes no we were only 45 minutes in it's oh, partly my I, god i don't know what it was because i like I, horror, I like this isn't like a bad movie and i like bad movies no, and no, i like good this movies is a genre that you and i both enjoy we do and i don't yeah. and I, I i don't know what it was but something about this movie was like I don't know. It was like, I think part of it, and this is, we've already actually talked about quite a few of my loathes as well, but part of the thing that I think was bothering me about the movie was what we've already talked on, not to belabor the point, but it was like, mm-hmm. it was like tonally. It was like something about the tone of this yes. movie was that like, it didn't know what it wanted to be. And yes. I get like, I'm all for like a uh, dark comedy with horror elements. Like that's mm-hmm. not the problem, but it's something about the way that things were applied. It's almost mm-hmm. like there was an ugliness to the movie that like, it was like ugly and like bleak, but then they tried to like add in this humor element. It just felt yeah. like it was trying to do too many things at once. That's what it was. It was all these, it, it's like if all these fires that you started burning, right? All of these fires that you started burning. And instead of like combining them together to create one big fire to close it, it was just like they all kind of went out quietly on their own. No, it's true. And even like by the end of the movie, when I thought, oh, my God, we haven't seen Ray Liotta yet. And then he finally pops up at the end of the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah. And like, it's just like, it's so weird because it's like you forget what anybody's fighting for. 
Like you, uh, this is this is this is my I have a low the point about this. I'm just gonna move into it because for the sake of conversation, why the fuck was David so committed to finding this cocaine more than anybody else? Maybe maybe not as much. Maybe Sid was the only person who is as committed to it. But why was David like? I, I, we never got like. I didn't feel his motivation was clear for not giving up when this became a completely life or death scenario. Yeah. And once two of his fingers have been shot off and he still like is running <laughs> to get the gun to like, and it's like, for what? Also, for what? once he got no. the gun, once the Bob character has, they're being held at gunpoint. The Bob character has gotten the, um, has them at gunpoint. David reaches for the gun. The guy shoots two of his shoots him in the hand as he's reading for the gun. Two of his fingers get shot off. Mm-hmm. Then he runs back and goes for the gun. Then he's hiding under the gazebo that Bob's on top of. And I just thought, why don't you just shoot him through this gazebo? <laughs> right. And then, like, because it's like, because his two friends are still being held at gunpoint by Bob. It didn't make any sense. It's not because, mm-hmm. and it's not because like you don't because this is a movie that's not about killing people because it is about killing people. And it's not because this is a movie that's just where the bear kills everybody and no human kills another human. Cause Margot Martindale's mm-hmm. already killed three people for no reason. So like mm-hmm. clearly like, I don't know what the rules are other than to keep the Isaiah Whitlock <laughs> character in here to give us that monologue that he gives us. But it makes yeah. literally no sense because he's no. wounded. It's just, it's a mess. It's like, it's a lot of characters. It's a lot of plot points. You forget about people, things that are supposed 100%. to be the through lines for the entire movie just fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what happens with what I feel like is happening with the, um, with the, uh, what am I trying to say? With the Ray Liotta character, like you forget yes. about him, but he's supposed to be the driving force. And also like, they don't make, he like, he doesn't feel like this sort of like dangerous figure that they've been talking no. about him being. Mm-hmm. He feels like sort of comedic, but also at that point, you just want this bad boy to wrap up. So you like, really do. By the time we got to the gazebo, I was like. How is this movie not over? How is this still going? I've been watching this movie for two hours, but apparently I fucking wasn't. No, you were like, you were like halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That is so funny though, because I had the same thought as you. And I, and I literally thought to myself that while I was watching the movie, I had the moment that I was like, Oh, like this movie has been going for like a really long time. Mm -hmm. And like, in no way, in no way had it been going for a long time at all. It had, <laughs> it had barely We're like just, yeah, been just going, scratching the surface. It had barely been going at all, and I had the exact same moment where I was like literally and just so you're just so we're clear the moment where where i paused the movie and where we realized that we were halfway through just so mm-hmm. you know jane it was mm-hmm. the moment that isaiah whitlock drives into the national national park and he looks <gasps> over and he sees that the glass in the window is broken yeah that's the halfway point in the movie wow so we and still that- needed him to get to the gazebo to climb on oh. top of the gazebo trying to get the cocaine like so much had to happen i still. will say the isaiah whitlock character made no sense to me i love isaiah whitlock great, great actor, actor but great actor. just the character didn't do anything to move them to to move the, the plot along other than like get in the way of david and sid for like 
10 minutes. Well, there also, that's the other thing is it's like part of one of the things that this movie feels like it may be trying to do. Cause it's like, I feel like they have all these paths they could have taken and they tried to take them mm-hmm. all simultaneously. One of them was this sort of plot line of like the Bob Isaiah Whitlock character, Bob, like having the sort of like lifelong vin- career long vendetta to get Sid white. But right. because Sid white doesn't come into the movie until like the last 10 minutes of the movie, like it's like we don't get a sense of what their relationship is until he says oh I've been looking for you forever but that doesn't mean anything to us as viewers because we're not invested in either of these characters because we had no idea about any of that so we're like Mm -hmm. oh y'all have like a thing so (laughs) like like, okay sure why do I care about this (laughs) so that's um that's it I, I mean I think are we are we pretty much wrapped on this one yeah, I have two more points that are stupid and don't really I, I can just say them real quick. Yeah, the, go for it. When we get to like the final battle with the bear behind the waterfall, like the whole it, it's so dark you can't even see what's happening. I tuned the fuck out. Like it was like one of those things where it was like the lighting was so bad that I couldn't see what was happening and I didn't care until they all came out from under the waterfall and I saw who survived. That's that's how I felt about it. No, I feel you because, yeah, there's a moment where the bear like almost dies and then some cocaine falls from above and it gets reinvigorated but like yeah. they also played this like they they like underscored it with this dramatic music and it was like we yeah. don't, this bear is a cartoon like we yeah. don't care about this bear no like, i think the people who had spent years making this movie and the cgi bear and whatever they cared and so they really needed to have this moment but we didn't spend as much time with this bear and we mm. don't care so no. i'm sorry <laughs> and uh yeah, no. It's, yeah, it just didn't make sense. Also, the point that you didn't, what you were making earlier about David and why does he care so much, at the mm-hmm. point when the detective has them at gunpoint, the detective says, you all can go. Just go. And, like, I'll let you leave. Yes. And, and like, David's character is like, no, I'm not this leaving. Is, without this th-. is my whole thing. And it's like, just go. Why? You've lost fingers. You are in the middle of a fucking forest. You need to go. And, and at the end, he, like, decides to get out of the life anyways of, you know, working for a drug dealer. It's like, why? Well, Sid's what dead should- at that point, so good timing. Well, yeah, I guess out of a job anyways, but... <laughs> Which it the son also, sense. we don't even get a moment with the son realizing that his that his dad, no matter how big of an asshole he was, he was eaten by bears. Like yeah. he doesn't he doesn't give a shit. Like it's a mess. Yeah, it's um yeah, it's it it all falls apart at the end. Um but uh and that is cocaine bear, which that, apparently I guess we didn't like. Like I I went into this really optimistic and I wasn't I didn't really know how I like I had things that I was annoyed by, but definitely like talking about them with you made me more annoyed, I think. I know me too. And it's like at the time I was like, sure, fine. Yeah, that was an enjoyable movie. It wasn't horrible or anything like that. But realizing how much of it doesn't make and i'm not talking about a bear running amok on cocaine like i understand that that is implausible to begin with but like again i just you know it was like it could have been a really fun movie there's like a lot of opportunities to like make this like a classic like horror comedy and i I don't know there's some things that i was missing yeah that was it that was uh the cocaine bear Cooking bear. Um, I do have a question for you, Janie. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Would you watch this movie again? Um, 
actually probably would. Uh, I'm, I would watch this movie again in like five years. Okay. And then I have one more question for you. Do you yeah. have anything that you want me to watch for next week? Sure do, baby boy. Um, As you may or may not know, we are, uh, by the time this airs, we will be approaching or maybe already in Pride Month, the month of June. That's right. Um, That's uh, our month. And I wanted to honor us with a movie from our people, um, the queer community. And so I... I'm going to have you watch next week the little film that could 1996 bound. Oh, I've never seen it before, but I know what it is. I know it's got Gershon. I know it's got Tilly. <laughs> Gershon. Tilly. And uh, I'm excited. I've never seen it. Me too. I think it'll be fun. Um, so yeah. Um, well, thanks Bran for bringing us cocaine bear. Thank you for talking it all out with me and thank you listeners. We hope you made it this far. Um, (laughs) and if you want to continue to keep up with us on other things that are not just about bears on cocaine. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at movies. We missed shoot us anything that's on your mind, a message, a DM, um, a personal threat against Brandon, either one is fine. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for 1996 bound. Bye. Everyone is on cocaine.